Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Hello, 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 and welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants once again. Hi, Joe. how are you doing? Hi, I'm really, really good today, Shelley. Uh, the sun is shining here in West London, so life is good. Yeah, I just looked out the window there. Um, we've had some appalling weather. It was beginning to get hot, and then last night we were watching, um, I can't remember what we were watching, watching something mindless on the telly to kind of chill. Chilly. And, uh, and the wind, we live on the fourth floor in a block of flats and we face the sea. So we get a lot of wind off the sea and uh, it was howling a gale. In fact, we had to bring our balcony chairs inside for fear wow. of them being lifted up and flying away. So, wow. it was, and it was all, you know, this is, we're, we're, we're today recording on May the 6th uh, and here in Israel by May the 6th, it's usually reasonably hot. Uh, it wasn't yesterday, <laughs> so I had a cardigan on all day, but what can you do? So, um, but then let's talk about what we've been up to, you know, in, in uh, we're still recording during the time of COVID, making the most of the lockdown time. Um, although here in Israel, the restrictions are almost completely lifted. Um, they, I, I would consider them completely lifted by the end of this week when on Thursday, they're going to open the shopping malls. Uh, they've abolished our 100 meter wow. rule now we can go walking we can go out we can exercise we can go well we could always go to food shops um, but they're opening most things by the end of this week and schools should go back start to go back next week so that's quite exciting although still very scary and a lot of people are feeling worried yeah um, whether it's too soon but we've been very lucky here that we haven't been as hard hit as yeah. and they closed down very quickly so it does seem to have worked um, yeah. but but that's that's it so that's quite that's quite exciting to to be able to kind of get back to normal but still going out with masks and gloves and keeping two meter distances how about where you are um we're still under lockdown um they are about to start discussing the options for um releasing us a little bit from lockdown um there's a lot of mixed feelings here there are a lot of people who are very very anxious about the prospect um there are a lot of people who are thinking it's all some sort of conspiracy mm. uh, it, and a wide range of views in between it's it's difficult to know what to think and feel. All you can do is just take care, be sensible, hand washing, follow all of those basics and just try and keep ourselves safe. You know, my family have been very fortunate um, and we haven't been impacted massively by it. Um, but we do know others who have ultimately lost family members. So it's a typical time for all of us um, and we're all facing challenges within our business too aren't we we are yes absolutely although for me i've been very busy because i've been creating online content which is what i do 
Uh, and we've launched the podcast. We've taken the opportunity, actually. It's something yeah. we've been talking about since January of this year. It's now May. And it's yeah. finally happened. And I think that has happened a little bit due to the lockdown. Because yes. everybody's diaries is slightly clearer than, it, than they were before. And we've been able yeah. to secure our first um, 10 interviews, which yeah. is just phenomenal. I'm yeah. so excited about today's guest as well. Yeah. leads nicely in. Our guest today is the wonderful Annabelle Kay. Most of the VAs in the UK will know of her. She's been on TV. She's had articles written about her and by her. She is an absolute expert in anything to do with GDPR. I've known Annabelle for quite a long time. Back Oh, since about 2009, I think, we used to um, be in the same physical network where we, we sometimes meet. I was in a mastermind with Annabelle once. So I've known her a very long time and she really is the business. And I'm absolutely delighted she's going to be our guest today. And I know that you know Annabelle as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm happy to... Um endorse Annabelle's contracts. I've used them to secure and manage my business for a long time. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to class Annabelle as a friend. Um, great advice, great support, and huge source of knowledge, not just on GDPR, not just on contracts, but all of those peripheral business topics that we all need to understand. And the key thing for me that Annabelle um, makes so easy for all of us is she takes a very, very complex legal, technical things like GDPR and she converts them into language, English, that you and I can understand. And she avoids all of that legalese that just makes it seem frightening, overwhelming, and you just want to run away and hide from. Totally. When I ran the training business, uh, the face-to-face -face business, I had my trainer contracts written by Irene Con or yeah. Annabelle and Christopher. Um, and when I was sending those contracts out to associate trainers, I used to get back comments as, wow, this is the easiest contract I've yeah. ever been able to read. So I definitely agree with you on that front. Well, I think it's time for us to stop waffling here. And... Um, Get ready for Annabelle to join us. Yes, lovely. Okay, we'll see you listeners, or you'll hear us listeners, in just a moment. Hello, welcome Annabelle, our guest for today, our, our lovely guest ex expert, Annabelle Kay. And I can see you've got your ducks up there. You're well known for having all your ducks in a row, or making us get our ducks in a row. And uh, as I was saying in our intro, I've, I've known you probably for about... 10 or 12 years, I think, from Academy days. And I remember being at a mastermind group where, where you were there as well, asking me some really hard questions. But I needed to hear them at the time. So that was... I'm sorry, darling. Hard questions is what we do. <laughs> but it's necessary. You need that other eye, that yeah. other person, to ask you those hard questions, to make you make the right choices. And... Um, we're thrilled that you're here to help our VA community, our VA listeners, find out about GDPR. So I'm going to hand over to Joe because I know Joe's worked with you and Joe knows you and I've worked with you a lot. I've used your contracts and your GDPR process and everything else. And so has Joe. But I'm going to see if, if Joe's got any questions for you today. 
Yes, um, I've been a raving fan of your contracts for um, quite a while. Um, I find them very easy to use and I would say to you, what made you deliver the approach in your contracts? There are a lot of contract templates out there, Annabelle, um, but yours are the only ones that talk in a language I understand. Was that um, a, a key feature for you when you were delivering and creating the contract templates? It was probably the biggest driver for doing it. I mean, I've spent 40 years doing HR contracts and you know, if you've ever had a job that they um, tend to be about yay deep and most yeah. people look at them, sign them, put them in a drawer, never read them. Yeah. And the next time somebody mentions that to contract you is when they're trying to fire you. Yeah. And they go, you were in breach of paragraph 4072 in volume 19 and you should know that. And I've run a one woman lifelong campaign that you can't have agreement if you don't have a meeting of minds. And in fact, that's how the English legal system works. It's a concept called ad idem. So if my two ducks are thinking about completely different things, it's arguable they don't have a contract at all. So yeah. it follows from that, that issuing contracts that nobody reads and nobody understands makes the contracts difficult to enforce. But yeah. worse still, it's not really about enforcement because I don't give my teams contracts because I want to sue them and they don't give their customers contracts because they want to sue them. It's really about setting out a clear path of what's expected so nobody's disappointed. Yeah. And then there's no need to sue anybody, is there? Because you all know what you agreed to and you've all done it. And to me, I know it's very primitive from a legal point of view, but that's the point. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the, I first came across your contracts a long time ago when the existing template I was using, a client of mine said, I've got no problem having a contract with you, but I'm not signing that one because I have no idea what it says. Yeah. And that, that backs up exactly what you're saying. I read that contract, by the way. Shall I tell you a secret? I don't know what it means either. <laughs> Well, I'm going to jump in here now because we've we've um, we've established that Annabelle does contracts. I mean, anybody that knows Annabelle knows she does contracts and GDPR. But today's focus is going to be about GDPR. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and um, what I wanted to know, Annabelle, is what are the top three to five things that a, a VA needs to have in place um, or needs to think about when thinking about GDPR and, and complying with the rules in her business? Well, the first thing about GDPR is the same as the first thing about contracts. If it's not clear who's supposed to be doing what, you're in a muddle from the off. So uh, a VA is, is in an, a particular space because you've got to contract with your clients and you've got to tell them, what am I doing with your data about you as my client? But you've also got to have a clear process between you and the client about what you're doing with their clients and prospects data. So you're sort of piggy in the middle, really. Um, and they all have to line up and be clear. And obviously, starting with the contract that nobody understands is probably the worst possible place to begin. And, and we got into GDPR, by the way. I don't have an unnatural interest in cybersecurity or any of these other issues because people were producing GDPR policies that no one could understand. And our VAs were coming to us and saying, 
we understand our contracts, but how do we vote on this gobbledygook? Mm. And we went, I'll tell you what, we, we have an internal phrase, by the way, we call it de-yucking. Um, and that, that was something a client wrote across one of our very early contracts in the 80s. It was legally perfect, but she wrote across the, the draft copy, yuck, 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 because she didn't like the language. And we sucked it up when actually we've not done what we should and we de-yucked it. We took yeah. every reason for a yuck out and it stood with us in our process. So you have to have something de-yucked because again, if nobody knows who's supposed to be doing what, how do you know if you're doing it? So clear contractual clauses in the contract between you and your customer are number one because without an appropriate written set of instructions about handling their customer's data, you should technically not touch it, not view it, not look at it, not access it. And most people don't get that. They think it's like, oh, well, it's part of the job. Mm, yeah. But it's not. That's, that's the absolute number one. And, of course, the biggest problem for a VA is getting clients to understand that. Yeah. yeah. It's really easy to get a VA to understand something. My experience of VAs is you're a very, very diligent lot. You like to do things properly. You want to know how to do things properly. The problem is getting the client to do things properly. Mm. Yeah. How do you do that? What, what advice do you have for a VA who's got this wonderful contract with the GDPR bits in it um, to get the client to take that on board? Well, first of all, I think it's the conversation because I think that most people who are not up to speed with GDPR, and I would say that's still about 80% of micropreneurs, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big body of people. I'm not up to speed with it because they went on a two-day course in 2019, 2020 that gave them serious brain fade, and they've come away from that course with it's too difficult. I'm a small business. I can't do that. Yeah. So as much as anything else, it's confidence building because when you're talking to them as a VA about we need to comply with GDPR, they've got that course from hell in their mind. Whereas we try and structure the onboarding with, are you going to ask me to do this? If so, you need to set up this. So we've done it right. So we're not trying to make total compliance the goal. Or even total understanding, which Joe has still eluded me in some areas in GDPR. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to do the bits bite size one bit at yeah. a time, which is why our onboarding forms, our data processing forms, back to when you first met me, Shelley, ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Because if the client can answer the question, the VA who knows what they're doing can easily go, oh, that's all right then. Well, you set me up a Dropbox, stick it in there or whatever it's a methodology we're not trying to teach clients theory of gdpr no i i get that and i went through that process when you first brought it out um, with your lovely spreadsheet um and all the boxes and filling it all in and answering all those questions and it's it was it was really did simplify um what could be an unmanageable process um and then i got a lovely va to come in and actually put all of that information into a policy for me because I didn't have time to do that myself. Um, and that was great. So, so that does simplify the process. But does a VA need to be registered with the Inf Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO? Are there any legal things that she needs to do? Abs well, most VAs would have to register. A very, very tiny percentage of VAs would not. And there's a big myth that VAs don't need to register because they've done their online ICO test and it's come out no you don't but that's because they've under, 
answered the questions incorrectly. <laughs> there is no way if you are accessing your clients' data about other people that you don't need to register, right? You have, because one of the questions is, do you only access data for your business? And a lot of GD, uh, VAs are interpreting that as when I access my clients' data, that's for my business, but, but that's not what they mean. They mean business that data that you're controlling that you need to sell and market your business not data you're processing that someone's paying you to do so the vast majority of vas need to register um, there are very few va jobs you could do from diary management to accounting you could do a little bit maybe of graphics production and not access third party data um, but i think you'd then be a graphic designer and not a va wouldn't you yeah, yeah. i would have thought yeah. so unless you were a hiring yourself out and calling yourself a VA graphic designer, I suppose. Yeah, they might. I mean, I'm not saying absolutely everyone, yeah. but I'd be astonished. And to be honest, I've seen VAs have like two hour arguments on Facebook groups about I don't need to register. It's 35 quid a year if you do it by direct debit. You yeah. probably spent more than 35 quid's worth of billable time. Just on the, on the argument. <laughs> on the argument of figuring it out and justifying it. And um, I, I I realise times are hard right now, but generally speaking, I don't see the point of taking a risk on compliance for 35 quid. Absolutely. If it was 35,000, I'd hear you, like, okay, I'm not registering for that unless I really, really have to. But 35 quid, get it done. In other EU countries that have other data controllers, because of course we're leaving, but we've still got one, but the other EU countries still got one, the rules vary. So if you're based in Spain or somewhere else, you need to check the local rules. Mm. But certainly in the UK, yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's really good. Are there any other compliance things that a VA needs to do? Um, well, you need to secure the data that you're holding in your own business. And somehow cybersecurity has become almost as bad as GDPR in that it's a subject full of tech stuff that nobody understands and um you kind of everybody hopes that somebody else is doing it and vas yeah. typically hope that the people who set their equipment up have done it the people who set their software up have done it and the software people aren't doing it necessarily because no one's asked them to and so it's a big whatever but the buck stops with you if you're running a business and data is lost you're the one responsible What's so that? it's no good going someone else should have done it yeah. So you need to set it up. You need, you need to um, have modern, um, I would say, business software. A lot of home software is not set up with the right security for you handing other people's data. Oh, yeah. I love that. We, we had a session within, with, uh, with the lovely Tristan Martin a couple of weeks ago well, talking yeah. about security and talking about encrypting your machines and backing up yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, we, we, we have some lovely videos from Tristan inside our GDPR program and they all point back to Tristan if you're in a muddle because he does to tech what I do to legals, you know, and have a conversation in English and do something you can understand and better still Absolutely. something you can afford. Yeah, yeah. But I think you introduced me to Tristan, so thank you. I've introduced the world to Tristan, actually. <laughs> it took me about two years to find a techie that could do tech and speak English. Yes. Yes, as opposed to tech, you know, and yeah. he's very good. And every now and then he, he, he takes me to task about something. And I think, oh, wow, you know, obviously didn't get that quite straight, but each to their own. <laughs> oh, yes. What else? What else can you what other advice do you have 
um, for VAs in, in this area. A lot of VAs um, are marketing VAs, or one of the things that they offer is they, they'll deal with their clients' email marketing. Uh, they'll go in and do their newsletters or they might have their own newsletters that they send out to their clients. So what should they be doing with regard to email marketing um, to make it compliant? Um, obviously not sending emails to people that don't want to get them, but outside of that. Um, well, for your own email marketing, I think it's really important to take on board the issue of consent. Right? I've seen endless arguments between people about I have a legitimate interest in um, scraping everyone's email off LinkedIn and sending them unsolicited emails. And that's all right, because legitimate interest means anything I feel in the mood to do is legitimate, bang, bang, job done. You know, And that is so not what consent is about. Yeah. And also, there are real debates going on at the moment. The, the government is thinking about removing legitimate interest yes. as, as a, a, a reason for... Um, holiday data and you are going to be up what's its creep without a puzzle if you are building a non-consented list so I really think that the few remaining people who think that list scraping is a good idea are going to have big problems mm. it's already prohibited on the platforms if you look at your terms of business they're asking did you get consent it's stupid anyway not to be too tactful about it because people who send me unsolicited emails go straight in my spam box yeah and most email platforms, the amount you pay relates to the number of subscribers you've got. So you may be paying two or three times the subscription price to send me emails I never read. Yeah. So apart from the compliance point, it's, it's not, there's no business point to it as no. far as I can see. So yeah, yes, consent, 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 and clear and unambiguous consent yes. at the point of sign up. So if you, if you sign up for next week's, webinar which by the way how to issue new contracts to all clients or something i don't know what it is there's always one on the go you will see we have a two-prong thing yes i understand you're going to email me the link to the yeah. webinar and b i'd like you to add me to the list so i can find out about the next ones right because you, you want to stop this debate about if people sign up for one thing can i send them another thing if it's nearly the thing, uh, the thing that was yeah. the thing you know the only exception to that, and I don't know how that's going to work out with legitimate interest going, is sending existing customers notifications about their product or directly related to their yeah. purchase, you know. But that's not so much marketing as customer support and maybe upsells yeah. if you're lucky, isn't it? Yeah. So I think VAs need to set the bar because if I'm looking for a VA and I make an inquiry, the next thing I'm on their mailing list without my consent, they're off a short list yeah <laughs> annabelle just clarify because there have been a couple of instances recently um where i've signed up for something and they refuse to allow you to sign up for that um lead magnet or challenge without um joining the mailing list now is that an appropriate way of managing it or should you be able to sign up for the lead magnet without having to be forced to put on the, the mailing list? I think that's an ambivalent one. And I'll tell you why. We couldn't send you a lead magnet without putting you on a mailing list because we have no way of delivering it other than to email it to you. Yes. So um, there were mechanical problems there. But there's, as every email's got an unsubscribe button on it, you can unsubscribe the minute yeah. you've had it. Yeah. Um, some people have really sophisticated systems where you sign up and it goes download now. 
Yeah. And I don't know if they would work without an email, but I find most people don't mind your email and saying, did you find the, the, the thing was helpful? Is there anything else you want to know? What they don't want is the deal of the day email 10 times a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you. How many emails can you read? According to my same box folder, I still get more than a thousand emails a day. Wow. Gee whiz. Well, obviously, 994 of them go into spam, don't they? Yeah. That's what I mean about what's the wow. point of signing yeah. people yeah. up. Um, but obviously, if I've enjoyed that lead magnet and somebody sends me a little short note going, what did you make of it? Can we talk? I'm not offended. But if I'm in the blast, I just hit spam. And do you know what I mean? I don't even unsubscribe. You can carry on paying for me. I'll just yes. put you straight in my spam box. Yeah. I don't have time to go unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. You know, I have a life. Yeah. <laughs> you could set up a rule in Outlook to unsubscribe from newsletters, but then um, you'd need to know which ones you didn't want to unsubscribe from. So uh, you could probably get it to delete an email that had the word unsubscribe in it automatically. But then it would, in, it would delete every email with the word unsubscribe in it. So including the ones I didn't want to unsubscribe exactly. to were lawfully offering me that option. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just, I'll let Sainbox have them all. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. The biggest conflict for VAs in GDPR comes when they're, they're doing mailings for clients. Yeah. And, yeah. and there were two big issues there. One is clients often ask the VA to set up the, the mailing system. And that may, the VA is often set up as the number one admin, the, the, the chief of account. That should never be the case. The data controller, the client, must always be head honcho when it comes to data. They should be able to turn the VA off and the web designer off and everybody else off. That's what control means. So VAs often get tempted because clients aren't techie to set it all up in their name. But it has to be set up in the client's name and then the client can change the password and make the VA, if necessary, an admin. It has to be the other way around. And the less techie the client is the less they get that yeah the trickier it is but if, from a client's point of view you cannot have people owning your facebook groups owning your mailing list all that sort of thing yeah they don't get the issue of consent we get it in the gdpr group at least once a month my client's saying there's no need for consent mm. The problem for the VA is that if you're handling data that you know isn't legit, technically this could come back to you. You could be fine, not just the client. The way we deal with it in our contracts is to say to the client, if we think it's shonky, well, we don't use those exact words, but we come pretty close, we'll ask you for a deposit or we will ask you to indemnify us against the fines because if they're a big company, they can probably afford it. But it's on your tab when this goes wrong. Yeah. But even so, it's a big palaver getting that sorted out. Yeah. So for that reason, by the way, in our GDPR groups now, we, we offer a VA chair. So we say to uh, clients, you know, VAs with uneducated clients on the subject of GDPR, get them into our GDPR group as a trainer, as a finance expert, whatever, but get them to tick the VA chair and you can do the grunt work and come back to them with questions. Yeah. It's like any other technical thing, questions, Shelley, are the key. Yeah. You have answers to no questions. You don't know what you're doing. No, absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to go back to that consent thing for a minute. Something Joe and I were talking about just before we came on. Um, Something that I do, I use ActiveCampaign. And when I set up a, a lead magnet, somebody will 
give me their email address. They can usually download it straight away. Active Campaign tells me they've downloaded, but they do go on my mailing list. And again, I'll expect them to unsubscribe. And most people that don't want it do just unsubscribe and that's fine by me. Um, however many do or don't, it doesn't matter. But what about um, sending that email confirmation that you agree to be on my mailing list? Is it enough to have the disclaimer on the sign-up form saying, by ticking this box, you will get the download and you will be added to my mailing list, but you can unsubscribe at any time. Is that well, enough? Those purchases too, and two boxes. I want the downloads and I want to be on the mailing list. The difficulty is not a lot of email platforms offer that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I use Active Campaign. When I say I use it, I've a VA who uses it. I'm the master user. I've yet to successfully send out one email in it. But the <laughs> truth is, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> but I don't know of a way in most email platforms of getting the two, the two sign up. And that is because most email platforms are designed and made in America have got no idea about this. And the EU requirements from their global perspective are a minority report, aren't they? And they're not really that bothered. They, they feel they've done us a favour with one lot of consent. Um, but I think Europe in particular, and who knows what the UK will do as we diversify, is going for two, one for the download and one for the email list. Yeah. And it's almost impossible technically to deliver that right now. So it, there's a little bit of do the best you can. Yeah. Um, an active campaign, bless them, and I love them, were quite slow to adopt even single pop-up double sign-ups, you know, because it was like, we're in America, this doesn't apply to us. And there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, going a, I'm going on a three-week active campaign course next from next week. No, the week after next. Um, three, three web, it's a series of three three evening sessions which I've signed up for. I'm quite excited about that because I like to know my software, as you know, because I'm a software person. So I, I get frustrated when I don't understand it. And for me, a lot of that in the email marketing is probably the methodology and what should you be doing and then working out how you do it. So, so I'm quite excited I'd be interested about to see so. what you make of that because we've, we've had expert VAs who really know those products come into our GDPR groups and show how to set them up for GDPR. And then we've gone to look for videos inside those platforms and there is very little. When they talk about data security and GDPR, they're talking about how they handle your data as a customer. Yeah. And how they secure the data. They don't offer, as, unless they've radically changed it recently, a lot of support on the mechanisms you need to pick out from this massive platform that does thousands of things yeah. to ensure this kind of filtering. Yeah. Um, and it's also quite complicated. If people want to unsubscribe, to make it clear if they're unsubscribing from the tag that generates that material or the whole list. I'm sure we've had a few customers unsubscribe from a whole list when they're meant to unsubscribe from the tag. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I'm that sure could do with clarifying on all of the email platforms that use tagging. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm no techie, and to be honest, I'd rather read an EU directive than go on an active campaign webinar. So <laughs> each to their own. I'd rather go on the active campaign webinar than read an EU directive, so perfect. Yeah, um, each to their own. What does I sit in the middle and I love both. Because <laughs> I go on the, I, I do read the EU directives because I find them very interesting. Um, and I would also go on the active campaign course. So I think somewhere I sit in the middle of you two, Let. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's the perfect threesome then, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think we've we've had a great chat and I think that there are some great things to take away today, such as yes. really should be registered with the ICO for £35 a year. As you say, it's really a no-brainer. Yeah. And, uh, and getting your contracts and getting your clients to understand I think for me are the key things that that have uh, have come out of, of today's chat and um, we're going to run and run and run with the podcast Annabelle so hopefully we'll have you back on in another episode later in the year yeah. about something else because I'm sure we could talk for hours about all of this stuff so yeah, well if not GDPR we we've just dropped into our customers um, document folders this morning the VA terms updates for R35 because in the yeah. middle of Brexit C19 whatever the government is still determined to do this thing you know so we literally are getting people stuck in a row that right now are not even thinking about that because that's doing their head in you know because the contracts you signed today could be in force in 12 months 18 months so now is the time in the middle of all this and we know people are shut for time so we'll come back when people aren't going crazy and talk about the latest government crazy and how it is it's not us that's quackers i love it i love the ducks (laughs) any opportunity we have to get the ducks in that's great annabelle thank you so much for your time today it's been great fun hasn't it joe absolutely and so many great takeaways for our va community brilliant it's always good to be with you speak to you soon speak to you soon soon. bye well joe wasn't that amazing that amazing chat with annabelle yes absolutely she is um such a fun lady but incredibly knowledgeable and makes everything so accessible yeah just simplifies things into a into a process which i know both of us like so that's that's really really cool and we were talking there a lot about um we ended up talking about email marketing at the end there and and i thought that was um quite a good opportunity to talk about our app of the week this week which is active campaign Um, i use active campaign so if you listeners subscribe to any of my uh, news to my newsletter or you download one of my cheat uh, my outlook cheat sheets or one of the articles that I sometimes share then you'll be added to a mailing list and that all happens through active campaign and I have it set up so that when you subscribe active campaign automatically sends you a confirmation email which you have to confirm your email address which really just lets the system know that you consent to receiving those emails from me and I do find sometimes that people forget to they they want whatever it is but they forget to uh, to confirm or maybe it goes to their junk mail I don't know what what do you find Joe do you find similar things Uh, yes and and across all platforms but you know we're talking specifically here about um, active campaign there's the um there's the option as Annabelle was saying of having that checkbox um or there's the double opt-in or a combination of both and it is one of those things where some of those confirmation emails and I've, I've done it myself I've signed up for somebody's newsletter been really really keen nothing comes through and then several weeks later I empty my junk mail and there's the confirmation but yeah. the link has expired which means I have to go through the process again um there's not an easy way to tackle that for, for people who do produce newsletters, though. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to, to tinker around the edges with adding a second checkbox 
uh, to my opt-in forms and saying tick here to say that yes you've given us consent and see what I can do in the back end but as I said in the interview I'm quite excited um, Active Campaign invited me to a three-week series of lessons about how to use the platform I can't remember what the actual topics are uh, but I'm quite excited to learn from them about what to do because their support's quite good and you know on the couple of occasions where I needed a question answered they've done a demo session with me they've actually gone on and shown me what to do and I'm in the process of um, automating quite a lot of my processes because I'm sure as a VA you get asked to do that quite a lot because yes. Yes. who's got time to sit there and do everything every step all the time and there isn't time to keep track every time and every time and then there isn't a way of keeping track so I use the active campaign tracking code for example it sits on my website in the header or the footer wherever it sits uh, and it also sits on my course directory site. So when you go as a subscriber to my list, when you go and visit one of my pages, it, it tracks that, that you've done that. Um, and that's, then we've got cookie consent policies and, and we let people know what our privacy policy is. So we keep it all nice and um, obvious what we're doing. And I only, I only email people about either the newsletter or the blog I write or my products. So, um, is that the same for you? What do you do for yourself or on behalf of clients? Um, I use Active Campaign for clients. I don't use it for my own, but I also set up automations in a range of other tools as well. Um, and what happens with automations is that you get something that is simple, repeatable, and once it's done once, little bit of tweaking as you develop and evolve your business but otherwise it's done and it will just keep on running and supporting your business yeah so that thing about somebody signs up for my cheat sheet um they get a well they get they get the cheat sheet delivered and they get a thank you email to say thanks for signing up and if i had to do that every single time somebody signed up well a i wouldn't always know when they signed up i'd have to get an alert and then my inbox would get full and i'm Brilliant. all about keeping my inbox clean and um and then I'd have to go and physically do that. So there are things that you can automate. Yes, absolutely. Um, to, to create a system for yourself. It's been a fabulous episode. Yes, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to when this one comes out and seeing our listeners' reactions. The other thing that I've done since we started recording all of these episodes is I've set up a Facebook page. So Virtually Amazing, the podcast has its own Facebook page. It's called At Virtually Amazing, of course. And uh, I'd encourage our listeners to go over there, like the page, follow the page, whatever. Every week when the podcast goes live on Tomorrow's VA's website, then a link will be on in the uh, Facebook page to the current episode. And during the week, we'll be posting interesting information to do with whatever the topic of that week is. So on today's one, you'll find links to Active Campaign where you can go and get a trial perhaps or other things. There'll be links to Annabelle's website and of course, all of our contact details. So hop over and like the Facebook page, email us. You can email Shelley at tomorrowsva.com or joe at jlbsupportsolutions.co.uk. Um, go to our websites, all the information's on the page and we'd love to hear from you. And as I've said on previous episodes, if you would like to be a guest, we are happy to hear from you. So do drop us an email or drop me an email and we can sort out um, 
schedule an interview and see what we can talk about. And if there's a subject that you would like us to chat about, let us know those too. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.